Hello and welcome to the Rogue Monkey Podcast, the show that shares insightful stories to motivate, inspire and support you following your dreams on your own journeys through both work and life. For our UK listeners, the clocks have changed this weekend, the weather's turned in the last week and we are heading towards the summer. And on that theme of positivity, this week we are joined by two guests on the show and they are two of the most inspiring women I have ever met. Danny and Helen joined me today from Sea Change Retreats, which provide surf and well-being escapes for adults affected by cancer. This could be the patients themselves or their family and support network. Now this episode has been a long time in the making. I heard about the project over a year ago and was immediately captivated. I've since attended a number of their events as a member of the Inwater support team and can proudly say these have been some of the most moving and inspirational days I've ever been involved in. Our conversation today explores the journey from concept through fundraising all the way through to delivery. They are always looking for support and I cannot bang the drum enough of how amazing this project is. And with so many of us sadly likely to be impacted by cancer at some point in our lives, this is truly something to follow up on today and look into. Our conversation does get pretty emotional with some tears and even at the end the guest appearance of the Sea Change dog. So for those of you watching the interview on YouTube, look forward to that. We did have a few audio challenges in our recording in the first 10 minutes or so, but hopefully with some clever editing we've managed to style it out. But stick with this conversation all the way to the end and please make sure you check out Sea Change's website afterwards, the link to which we've put in the show notes. Right, let's get into our conversation and episode 68 of the Rogue Monkey podcast. Sea Change Retreats, helping those affected by cancer one wave at a time. Hello and welcome to the show. How are you doing? Good, thank, Good, thank you. you. Thank you for having us. I'm very excited. Well, it's almost taken, oh, it feels like nearly a year to pin this down, but actually a lot's happened in between. But we'll come on to that a bit later. If you can just give our listeners and our viewers out there just a quick introduction from both of you as to who you are and what you guys do. Um, so we are Danny and Helen and we run Sea Change Retreats, which is a CIC, which is a community interest company. And I'm Helen, clinical psychologist. I work in the NHS. Um, I also do some private work. Um, and then I'm also a surf instructor and lifeguard. So this is kind of the culmination of lots and lots of joyous things in one for me. So it makes work a lot better. Um, and Danny and I met through the WAVE project uh, where we were both volunteering. Um, we both met the WAVE project. So we have firsthand seen the effects of surf therapy on in this case kids but we wanted to bring that to another community yeah if you haven't if you don't know about the wave project listen to Kevin's podcast with him because it's, it's they're an amazing charity um, yeah what what, in. what joe's done and i'll obviously link that episode in the show notes but it's really good to hear these linked stories of how people have been inspired by one thing and it's led to something else so yeah going from that first moment where you you met at the wave project saw the impact of therapy on human beings what was the next step to get to where it was now Mm -hmm. uh so it kind of rewinds before that actually so i took i was working in london as a psychologist in a cams child mental health service and i took a sabbatical and basically just went surfing for a while to recalibrate for myself and get a little bit more life balance um 
while I was away, I was encouraged to think about surfing and or I spent all my time surfing, but I was thinking about becoming a surf instructor. Um, came back to the UK, trained as a surf instructor and a beach lifeguard. And on the, the course that I did down in Yuki were some guys who were working at the Wave Project. Um, and they were also doing their surf instructor and beach lifeguard qualifications. And they said, why don't you come and do your instructor hours with us with the Wave Project? And I was just like, oh, what is this? And so I was like, this combines therapy and psychology, which for me are a massive passion, but I'd sort of fallen out of love with, um, just because of the stress of working in London, I think, um, with being in the water and surfing and all of the power that that brings and the, the kind of sensory immersion. I just thought, oh, this sounds really good. So then I joined them and then Danny and I met through that. The other thing that happened when I was in Portugal was I... Um, met a friend who had had cancer when he was a teenager and we spent quite a lot of time just chatting about the impact of having cancer when you're a teenager you get immersed into this cancer world and then once you've finished your treatment you kind of get spat out and you have to catch up with life and everyone thinks you're fine and you're normal because physically you're fine and you're cancer free but it's this huge psychological adjustment and um, yeah, and he and I spent ages mulling on it and it kind of sparked lots of ideas about how do you offer something to people in those times of transition where they're supposed to physically be fine and that therefore people expect them to be psychologically fine and mentally fine, but actually there's so much to catch up on. So all those kind of ideas went into a bit of a blender and then you had an idea. It sort of came from, so by my day job, I suppose is working in web design but I was sort of at the point where I'd had enough of that and I wanted to do something that was a bit more meaningful and contributed to society and basically Helen told me her idea over a bottle of wine and I said that sounds amazing let's do it and yeah. and from there we started <laughs> <It was> really <laughs> <laughs> we didn't even really know each other that well at the no. time no and then we got very excited and dreamt massively big um thinking about everything that we'd like to include and I think we'll have stargazing houses or we're the beach for a week yeah like a kind of big commune living for a week where you do all this really cool nurturing stuff and we're thinking about how you nurture different parts of your soul and thinking about physical nurturing thinking about connection with other people thinking about kind of emotional well-being and mental health and thinking about exercise and yeah, it all kind of started to come together. And then we went from there to thinking about what's the research, what's out there clinically, what's been done, what's needed, what are the unmet needs that haven't been, that there aren't interventions for, that looking particularly at that gap. And I suppose when we started, we were thinking mostly about people who've, who are recovering after having had treatment. Because um, that was probably the bit that had sparked in my conversations with my friends. But then it's also grown since then. Um, but that was where, we, yeah, long story. That's how it started. <laughs> I think that's uh, <clears throat> it's fascinating, and you talk about that community element and what comes next. Because back in, I think it was season four. I've lost all track of time now. Uh, we had a, a twenty-five-year-old on who got quite late diagnosis of testicular cancer and was basically very late stage during COVID in a room on his own and got told if this doesn't work, you're done. And he went, I laid in that room and thought, I'm going to be the kid that dies from cancer. And there was two of us interviewing him and we were like, <gasps> and then he goes on to talk about how he made the full recovery and he's immersed in this Facebook group called the Cancer Lads. 
and they basically anyone who's come through that testicular cancer experience effectively joins this community and actually that's what keeps them going and I thought that's fascinating and then obviously heard about what you guys are doing and was like wow like really started to unpick the layers so let's go from bottle of wine which I think should have been the logo at the start (laughs) well to be fair Kev we've linked with sea change wines who did crowdfunding (laughs) we were just like this is amazing so we came up with sea change as a name and then realized that there's sea change wine and we were like well that's perfect people were like are you going to change it no that's they support the ocean through their wine and we like wine and And we like the ocean and we like the ocean (laughs) So, so how did it go from um, a an idea over a bottle of wine to day one, first people walk through the door and experience that therapy for the first time? Talk us through going through that process of a, a very incredible idea, but very much an idea to where it actually got to. I think it was almost a year from that date to when we ran our first pilot retreat and we had a lot of meetings. There's actually a lot of great resources in Cornwall, um, for people starting businesses. So we met with the growth hub and sort of showed them our idea. And it was them that sort of said, that sounds amazing. Have you thought about running a day retreat? And me and Helen were like, no, (laughs) (laughs) that sounds rubbish. (laughs) Then we ran a day and a weekend and we thought we'd been hit by a bus. So it was very really helpful information at the time. Um, And there's a company called Access for Finance who helped us sort of look at ways that we could get funding to run these because we wanted them to be free for people to access um and we just sort of put aside a day a week to sort of work through it and I mean we've learned so much along the way about what's easy to set up and what's tricky yeah um we've learned I mean those two sets of meetings and trainings with the Growth Hub and with Access to Finance I think were probably the founding point mm-hmm. of it because before that I had a lot of clinical knowledge, but absolutely no business knowledge. Mm. And that really helped that grow. So it was thinking about what's practical, what's feasible, how do you do it? How do you do funding bids? How do you look at a financial forecast? Um, there was just so much in it. So it was kind of almost getting going from this idea to a reality. And there was so much learning within that. Danny built our website, which was an incredible thing to have done. So I did a lot of the writing and Danny did a lot of the making and then together it formed this beautiful thing and we look at it and we're like, <laughs> so that's quite exciting. So that kind of happened. And then a lot of time was spent looking at the research and about what's needed because if we were going to run anything, I think one of our founding principles is that it's evidence-based mm-hmm. and evidence-informed. So we're not doing something because it sounds nice, but we're doing something because there's a very good reason as to why and that's either about boosting mental well-being or encouraging exercise levels to go up in physical activity because we know that that has both of those things have quite big predictors particularly for exercise in terms of maintaining or supporting the mission maintenance um, so looking at kind of clinical outcomes for people who've had cancer what are all the things that would support that recovery um, and I guess part of that is also networking with other professionals. We spent a lot of time linking with other professional organisations about what they feel is important for this group. Um, and getting back on board. Yeah, so we, one of the first things that we did, like Helen said, she had the sort of um, psychology experience. I've got sort of more the entre- entrepreneurial experience. And then we thought, well, we really need 
somebody that knows about cancer mm. so we sort of I reached out to any medics that I knew from uni a friend of a friend had um a friend of a friend was um is a doctor training in oncology and she also just happened to be in Cornwall that weekend so I went out for dinner with her and also <laughs> yeah also really passionate I'm really passionate about exercise in terms of like you said um, maintaining remission so yeah we went for dinner and she was like yeah that sounds great I'd love to be involved and then slowly we sort of lured her in um, <laughs> and now she's one of our directors so that sort of um, solidifies that area for us yeah and then it kind of all culminated very very stupidly in a crowdfunder that ran up until the day of our first retreat, <laughs> which is probably the worst thing we could have ever done but we didn't realize at the time and um, don't think I realize how much I think we energy. just thought that for a crowdfunder you just created it and then people gave you donations which kind of is what happens but actually um they run a reward scheme so we had to ask lots of people for things to donate that then they could buy and you have to be really active on your social media I mean me and Helen are not big social media posters but this was like you want to be posting something every day like you could win this creative wine you could get this wetsuit blah 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 and um, so by the time like it literally I think it was the Friday it ended and the Saturday we were running our first retreat <laughs> so we sort of like yeah, every, I think every, we've learned a lot. <laughs> now we try yeah. and take some time off before we run a retreat yeah. rather than coming into it. Yeah. But we kind of begged and borrowed, got pretty much everything offered for free for the mm. first retreat. We ran two. So in September last year, we ran a day retreat. And then two weeks later, we ran, ran a weekend retreat, both for people recovering after cancer treatment. Um, both had four participants so we started quite small and um, obviously trying to set it all up within COVID and um, we went from running in June to running in September actually I think we were quite glad about the need for the knock-on and the mm. impact of the else. we just didn't have enough time to get everything ready um, had insanely positive feedback um, it was exceptional um, kind of got to yeah got to October took a couple of weeks off just to regroup because it was so full-on and intense and came out the other side of it and went okay so that works <laughs> what about next year um, so yeah that's where we started and at that point we'd got five thousand pounds from the crowdfunder plus five thousand from that West Backer business who matched the crowdfunder so we had 10,000 by the end of the year. And then at the start of this year, we've got another 10,000 from the National Lottery. And that's been our funds that's run us through this year. Um, yeah. So that's where, yeah, that's where we got to. So <clears throat> let's unpick it for the, and sadly, a lot of people out there have experienced family members, even immediate family, friends of friends, et cetera, that have gone through the cancer journey. And talk us through somebody turning up uh, to your event. They see it online. They think, oh, I can really do with a weekend away. Um, <laughs> and that they, they head down to West Country. What happens? So, I mean, one of my things that I always say about the retreats, one of my favourite things is watching the transformation of the people who come on the retreats. So to sort of set the scene quite often, they'll arrive and I mean everybody's different so some people are feeling more confident but quite often people will turn up they've never met any of these people before usually occasionally we have people who have met 
through one of those online communities that you said or wherever that come down together but generally speaking they've booked on something where they're going to have quite an intense experience with seven strangers um so yeah they come in make perhaps quite anxious we've got a lovely space in 12 beach road who have been amazing to us mm-hmm. this year they've they give us the upstairs of their restaurant which overlooks town beach so it's just got the most beautiful views Stunning. um and we have a coffee and we get pastries from this really great um french patisserie called chiquette in Niki and everyone just sort of mingles for a little bit and gets to know each other and then we do a sort of formal introduction where everyone shares their stories and their experiences um and then that can be quite emotional so quite often there's tears like mm-hmm. that in the morning so then to mix it up we throw them in the sea um <laughs> get them all in their wetsuits and go for a surf at town and I even then the transformation between that morning space and the, in the ocean so you, you've seen everyone crying and then half an hour later they've got these massive beams on their face like just firing along on a wave like even if they're just on their tummy just like yeah. the stoke is so so amazing yeah. um so yeah the days or the weekend will sort of look like that morning chat as there then we'll all have lunch together then we always have a recovery focus workshop usually on the first day of the retreat that's something more um skills based yeah skills based so like we've had a dietitian physio psychology workshops clinical exercise specialist yeah health creation yeah sort of of, yeah, where they can listen and ask questions and hopefully take away something that will help them in their day-to-day lives moving forward. Um, then we have like a nice relaxing yoga session to sort of round off the day, stretch out the achy muscles after surfing. And we all have dinner together. And on the Sunday, we pretty much do it all again. So we'll meet in the morning for another sort of over coffee. That's um, usually a slightly more open session. So it's a space where you can really bed down the kind of connection between people and ask the things of this group of people that, especially within the last couple of years when people have had treatment during COVID, there's been so, so much isolation, so little connection, that actually having a space with people who get it, where they don't have to watch their words, they don't have to watch what they say, they can talk without feeling like they're being a burden, is, I can't explain how important that is and how well used that session is on the Sunday morning. So being able to ask for advice or ask other people's opinions or being able to share things that they can't share elsewhere, that session becomes really important. Um, Then we've done the mini ocean again, (laughs) because it's amazing. And that might be, on a couple of the weekends, that's been an open water swim. So a bit of wild swimming around the coast, which is just lovely. Um, Then lunch and then another workshop, but then usually that's more of an immersive experiential workshop. So we've had like um, a restorative sound class for that, which yeah. is really great. And then we've also had a couple of sessions with Emily Jenkins from Move Dance Field, mm. which is an amazing CIC. If people want to check it out, it's a dance um, organisation that work with people impacted by cancer. Um, and then we end with a really lovely little closing ceremony on a Sunday afternoon. And then it's a really emotional goodbye because it feels like you formed this family over the weekend that's what it feels like for me yeah it feels like the insane level of connection between the group between us and the group and um, that blows my mind every time like, like yeah. I was saying that transformation from seeing them come in yeah 
bit nervous or anxious and not sure how the weekend's going to go to I think every group or almost every group they've like formed a solid friendship that they're still in touch with now like they're always like shall we have a whatsapp group facebook group how are we going to keep in touch yeah um and the just the energy is so much lighter and even as you say it you're right the way they hold themselves yeah so when they come in on the Saturday morning you often get them small quiet minimal don't want to speak too much don't want to say too much and by the end they'll just laughing and performing <laughs> and don't care whether they've got their hair perfect or their makeup on or I don't know looking at a particular way it's like all of those layers that we have that we almost perhaps feel like we need in day-to-day life it's like no you can just be just come just be we welcome everything whether it's tears whether it's laughter whether it's sweating farts. whether it's fast <laughs> I mean it's just in the yoga usually uh, it's just this beautifully welcoming space it's really hard to put into words but it just yeah it feels like this massive transformation over a weekend um yeah and, then they oh. and that's it I, I think the, the last bit you said there around it's hard to put into words I think that's almost the point is that it's an experience and <clears throat> you know I'm biased I'm extremely biased because love surfing, love open water swimming, love Cornwall, uh, have cancer experience in my family. You know, I'm pretty much ready made to kind of experience what you guys offer and I've seen it firsthand. So been to a few retreats now and definitely that transformation in only the water parts, which is obviously the bits I came to, could not believe something that I probably took for granted because I've always done it. But also that bit that you mentioned around people that get it, I think is something that when you, as a family member, you've experienced cancer, it's a real tough one because people can, you know, say and support and do everything they feel they can do. But unless you have that uh, reference point of actually experiencing it, it's, mm-hmm. it's something you can't explain. And it's, there's an irony to that because that's similar to surfing. You try and explain to somebody what the stoke yeah. actually is and they go, I don't know, but I do it and it makes me smile and it makes me happy. And I feel like it brings those worlds together of actually somebody in a space of going through cancer or having their family member experience cancer. They want a space where they can just decompress and people Mm -hmm. understand what they're going through. And obviously the the nature of surfing and open water swimming brings a big grin to your face. So the two things Mm -hmm. marry each other up really well. So I was wondering if you could share, if you happy to just a couple of pieces of feedback from the actual participants obviously anonymized but I think when you actually they, they put it into words because they do get it because they've experienced yeah. it so we've got we've thought about this because I think that their feedback says so much more than anything that we yeah. say about it and um, so we ran a carers retreat in May it was our first retreat this year actually and um, so we added two new ones this year we did just do the recovering after we also added we called it carers, but actually, I think next year we'll perhaps just think of it as a family retreat or a partner's retreat. So it's basically aimed at anyone who is supporting someone through their cancer journey, um, through their treatment, potentially afterwards, because it can have a significant impact for, for the people supporting as well. And one of the pieces of feedback we got from that one um, was... This has honestly been one of the most special weekends ever to have some time and space to reconnect with myself and to examine the strange, difficult circumstances under which I currently live my life was incredible and valuable. 
I am moved and thankful for the kindness of the amazing people at Sea Change. I know, especially when you know who's written it, you're just like, oh, just offering a little nugget of time for themselves in a world that is just total chaos and so full on. You just think, oh, I'm so glad they were able to come and just have that moment. And the feedback we get from them again and again, actually, just reiterates yeah. how that was. And it's so special because you've you've met them and you've made that connection with them and you're like, shit, they deserve this. Like, yeah, I think it makes it even more clear. It's, it's, it's the rawest of human connections, like being, yeah. on that week, being on that weekend in May, being a carer, if you like, could not yeah. believe how much connection you generated with somebody you'd never met over something yeah. that's horrible you know there's no beating yeah. around it it's a horrible experience but actually there was such a human connection where everything else was just stripped away and it was like I get you and I'm I understand what you're going through and that on its own I think is really really powerful yeah one of the ones that um from one of the people who came on the recovering after cancer retreats just going back to what you were thinking about that connection she said um I don't really know where to start. The weekend was exactly what I needed without realising how much I needed it. I'd felt very alone with my worries and realised through talking to others that we all have had the same thoughts and how healing this can be. You can allow yourself to feel what you feel and that's okay. There was so much joy and happiness and also hope that life can be good again. I don't think I'd felt like that light for a long time. The surf, sea, dance, yoga was all incredible. At one point, surfing, Helen said, you're trying to stand up too quickly. Once I slowed down, I caught a wave. I think that's a metaphor for what I've been trying to do. I need to slow down and catch the wave. I just, they're just, they're, and I mean, these are two of 40. And we have a debrief at the end of each um, each retreat where we sort of take ourselves to a beautiful green space and like just sort of digest what's happened and sort of, bring it to a close so that we don't bring it into our sort of everyday lives but part of that ceremony for us is reading through the testimonials and often trying to guess who wrote them <laughs> which makes a bit of a game but like there's tears every every retreat because we just can't we're like oh my god like they got so much out of it and it's just it's quite mind-blowing for us as well I think it really is there was one retreat where the the term the words kind of life-giving and life-changing were just used and you can take that at a surface level and you go, well, that's really cool. And then you actually stop and you pause and you go, if this actually really was that and it gave people something that they'd never experienced before, that they'd never felt like anyone else got it, that they'd never felt that there was hope or joy or that those were still available. I mean, it just, it chokes me up even just thinking yeah. about it because you're just thinking, and yeah, I don't know. I take my hats off to them because I find it really hard. I would find it really, really hard. And I don't actually know whether I would go if that was me going because I think a totally new setting. Some of these all the way to Cornwall, drove down and had a mini road trip all the way down to Cornwall. You come, you put yourself, so many people fell out of their comfort zones. That was what they would say in their introduction, that this was beyond their comfort zone. They find this type of thing really anxiety provoking being around new people people came and overcame so many hurdles to get to us that that in themselves I, I take my hat off to them even coming and then when they get that out of it you're just like oh my word it, oh, it feels like such a privilege to be able to offer it um yeah it's really emotional <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> there was one, one beautiful moment where we were in the water and one of the ladies just clocked and she was in tears. And I went over and I was like, are we on good tears or sad tears? And she was just like, I just didn't think I'd feel joy again. And I feel joy. And it's been such a, such a difficult experience. She was like, I just didn't think I'd feel it. Absolutely helping fill the ocean. Because <laughs> it was just, I don't know. There's something particularly around the surf. I think we're mm. right about getting people into the water. There's something that allows playfulness an escapism and immersion um, there's so much research about mm. the blue mind and about being in or by the sea but you just see it come to life um, it's so powerful um, yeah it, it's um and that's the it's quite it's, quite, it's fa fascinating for me so through the, the dance discussion Again, lost all perspective of time. But at some point last year, I had a conversation with a dance parent who supports parents going through the dance journey. I put out their podcast and about a week later, they tagged me in something you guys had posted and said, you have to check this out. It's incredible. And I thought that as soon as I saw the lines, I was like, how the hell can you bottle that? And that was, that was always <laughs> my, my, my first thought is number one, how can you bottle up that sort of experience in a paragraph, mm. a sentence, an interview? But you can't, and that's the point. But I think looking forwards, and again, statistics are horrible around the fact that one in two of us are probably going to experience it across our lifetime. This isn't an issue that's going away, but actually the way in which we approach dealing with it is getting much better than perhaps 10 years ago, 20 years ago. So my question to you looking forwards then is, what does the future look like for what you would aspire to do? Let's not talk practicalities because I know how much work you both put into all of this, but from an aspirational point of view, what would you like, what you guys represent as an organisation to be in a year's time, two years time, three years time? I don't know whether it would get there in three years time, but my hope would be that this would be a standard offer to anyone who's had cancer or been impacted by cancer or is living with cancer. So this is a standard part of their care pathway. Um, and I would love, I'm oh, sorry. Yeah, no, I would love for it to be available like, outside of Newquay so like across the UK maybe even like abroad retreats could be an option for people so yeah. I just think that would be such an amazing experience longer ones like week long yeah yeah to be able to offer what we initially dreamt of would be really cool with the week long I think that's probably a bit more feasible than it being available to absolutely every person who's experienced cancer but as an aspiration <laughs> um yeah, and I guess one of the things that's been really important is that it's been offered free of charge. So that feels like holding that feels really important mm. too. Um, and for it to um, produce a body of evidence, yeah, what we're doing is yeah. and amazing because I think we're really lucky that um, there is now some research being done to serve therapy, partly through the Wave Project and other organisations that are offering similar awesome things. But it's still, it's new, so like to be able to add to that because I just think, like you said, you can't put it into words. I think if you've experienced it, you know how amazing. Like not just from the retreat point of view, but what positive benefits you get from surfing, what positive benefits you get from yoga, from connecting with like-minded people, and just to have something because we all know that. But having something that says here's some proof that mm. actually 
mm. and it works. Yeah, would be cool too. Yeah, and that's something we're working on. Um, we at the moment we've got a psychology intern, so we do pre and post questionnaires with all our participants. So a week before they come, and a month after, and then six months after. So we're already wanting to explore whether is what we're doing working, is it useful, and that looks at um, psychological well-being. It looks at cancer symptoms, side effects, so physical health. It looks at um, exercise rate and it looks at service usage so both nhs and private mental and physical health services um, so we're trying to just get a little bit of a time stamp on is this making any difference for people alongside a qualitative analysis of the feedback that we get and the testimonials that we get because i think at the end of every weekend it is profoundly obvious <laughs> that it has been a success for everybody um, so I think we can't underestimate that. If we can back it up with some change over time, that would be really cool. So understanding that, and, and if it isn't creating change over time, then exploring why it's not and what needs to change in order for it to be able to do so. So being able to keep that clinical momentum going feels really important. Um, so looking at looking ahead, you know, we've got we've got a good audience that's you know big range of ages all over the country, all over the world. If you could wave a magic wand and people can come out of the woodwork and help spread the word, do anything to support what you're doing, what would be your top three things right now that you would say to everyone listening? You want to fundraise for us? Because <laughs> <laughs> that's one of the biggest hurdles is getting funds. We want the projects to be free to access as much as possible. Um, we can only do that with funds that we are given either by grants or by direct fundraising. So some of, one of our participants has already fundraised for us, which is amazing. We work through donations. So if people can, are able to financially support us, that would be incredible. I think I'm support as well. Yeah. If anyone's got any skills that they can volunteer, particularly with, it's not so much the admin side of stuff, but like we're trying to set up a new booking system, for example, um, which so that everything can be in one place I suppose it's business consulting maybe yeah. like or just anyone that's got a skill that they can lend to this that yeah. they think would be great and that they would like to offer yeah. I think that would be awesome yeah and then I guess the third part of it is if people would be interested in coming and helping us facilitate in mm -hmm. any which way please thank you very much <laughs> um, because we do Retreats are limited by us, by physical limits of emotionally, physically, it takes a fair amount to deliver. And we can't, or we won't spend every weekend a year doing it. Because this it, is alongside our normal jobs as well. Yeah. I feel like maybe people don't know that from yeah. the website because it looks like a big professional business, but this is like a side. Yeah, there's two of us. That helps. <laughs> yeah. We've got a couple of interns. Um, so if, yeah, if we can deliver more, if we have people to deliver more. So if you are interested in helping group facilitation, if you've got maybe a background in mental health or feel able to, to hold a group space with some really difficult conversations sometimes, um, with supervision and support that I would provide, um, then get in touch. 
alongside that you'd get to get in the water you'd get to be a part of all the other joyous bits you'd get to do the dance you'd get to do the yoga or the sound bath we like the way we work is we really dip into we look after ourselves as much as we do it and if you'd want to be alternatively I guess if you want to be hands-on in the water that would be perfect because we love that we have a beautiful team of water supporters um of which kind of um then yeah any we we try and do one-to-one support in the water just because of it it making life way easier and shares the scope and the energy and the enthusiasm and we make this beautiful squad when we're out in the water that's just like I don't know dream team Mm -hmm. um so if you'd be up for water sport or if you'd be up for maybe volunteering or helping facilitate throughout the day but maybe you don't want to lead stuff but you want to be around to help support and scaffold and be a runner and and get lunch orders in that kind of thing that would be really helpful but yeah we can't run without staff um, and volunteers so if you're interested to get involved please 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 do um get in touch by the website well we'll we'll make sure we include everything every link every tag everything in in the show notes and obviously when we put this out but i've got i've got a reflective question specifically for both of you now as people not about the business Looking back, everyone has a view of where their life's going to head. And I'm sure, <laughs> I don't know if it, for you certainly, Helen, that you were looking at London thinking, that's the end game. That's where I want to get to. Or if you could go all the way back to 9, 10, 11 years old, when the first thoughts of, well, what am I going to do after school? You know, what would you say, having now gone through this whole journey? And I'm sure that's a different question for both of you. But what does that look like? I'll start with Danny putting you on the spot. Right. <laughs> um, to be honest, am I allowed to swear? You can swear. I just have to put a little <laughs> tag at the bottom, but that's fine. <laughs> I've had, it's not so much what compared to what my nine-year-old self is, but like I went home to visit my parents recently and was just talking about one of the retreats and me and my mum were both just sort of like, the fuck did you end up doing next because it's it's so it's so and it's so unrelated to anything that I've done professionally but it's also so tied in with everything that I'm really passionate about um on a non-professional level um and I just think like I just think oh I'm just so proud of what we've created as well like I feel like how have we done this and how are we like how have so so many people got such positive things to say yeah I'm just like a little bit shell-shocked that I don't really know how I got here um but also about being proud and really chuffed that we have mm. I think I would say to my younger self that you don't have to be I don't know how to put it into words I think I always grew up with this idea that you had to have you would have a relation you'd go to university you'd have a relationship you'd get married you'd buy a house you'd have a job you'd work in that same job all your life it'd be a good job and you'd do well at it and and that was it and it was this kind of holding on to professionalism perhaps or or really linear yeah really really linear and I think I'd go back and just be like go with it whatever it is you don't have to do that path. If you don't do that path, it doesn't matter. You'll still get to this amazing outcome. I think it took me until I was in my, yeah, like till I was like 30, 31 before I realized I didn't have to live that path and that I could do something different. And 
that was when I took my sabbatical and then I was suddenly think everybody else thought I'd gone slightly off the rails and <laughs> lost the plot a bit but for me I was I'm like oh my word I can step out of this path and I can I don't know just be way more open to opportunities that I then think about becoming a self-instructor happened to meet the wave project guys happened to meet Danny <laughs> Danny goes that sounds really good let's do it we have a go at it we see whether it works it massively works it's a bit overwhelming <laughs> <laughs> like it just I think I would just say don't don't set your expectations just try if, if something interests you just do it doesn't have to doesn't have to be for any reason for any reason or for any professionalism or looking a certain way or because that's what's expected of you that's, oh shit. <laughs> um, there's yeah, an irony to, there's an irony to all of that when you talk about the subject of cancer because it's that there is no set path with it you know I, yeah. I, I know people who have had it in their teenage years I know people who have had a ridiculously unhealthy lifestyle and then it suddenly emerged in their 80s and everything in between so I think yeah. understanding that life doesn't follow a nice straight linear path so number one <laughs> don't try and control it uh, and number two when when opportunities pop up go with it and I think mm. that was it was and I recount the story of first conversing with you guys and like oh, i'd love to do a podcast i'd love to do a podcast and you were like can we do it quick because we need some volunteers and i'm like what do you need volunteers for <laughs> and you were like we need help in the water i was like i'll come down <laughs> but like that there would have been um, i'd imagine many uh people out there on their life journeys that perhaps very linear life journey would go no like i i won't deviate i you know and it's you've got to live and i think chatting to people about this uh, over the weekend just gone and we were talking about the fact that life's not a rehearsal like just get out there and do it and I think the experiences I've had with what you've done and the story you've shared no doubt what you're going to accomplish over the coming years is absolutely incredible and it's so impactful and it affects everyone in some capacity uh, I'm really happy that we've got a, a guest that's appeared <laughs> sorry he's just woken up and come in there we go we, i've never interviewed a dog as part of the podcast so <laughs> he's quite he's not very chatty <laughs> he's quite smelly well, <laughs> i think you might just had a little i think that's his way of saying it's time for a walk and i think that's uh, <laughs> i'm gonna have to screenshot that because i've never had mid or end of a podcast being ended by a dog interrupting us so <laughs> I think I, I think that's a beautiful way to put it all together. But Helen and Danny, thank you so much for your time. We're going to make sure we share this far and wide, and hopefully, the coming twelve months and beyond that is going to be extremely exciting for you both. Thank you, thank you so, and thank you so much for your support. Yeah, your support, your time, your help, like, and your championing. Of yeah, it. I think you don't recognise how Ooh. much. Going down. Uh, I don't think you recognise how having cheerleaders alongside really makes a difference yes um and you've been a massive cheerleader for us I think if we hadn't got those people around us that go keep going yeah do well do this <laughs> you can try this um I think maybe we wouldn't have got to where we are mm. um, so thank you because you're a big part of that thank you for listening to today's podcast and don't forget we've got a back catalogue of content that goes all the way back to January 2020 including fighter pilots Olympic champions TV presenters and inspiring authors we'd really appreciate it if you can give us a quick rate and review however you're joining us today 
And if you don't want to miss out on any future episodes, make sure you hit subscribe. Our community update drops once a month and we've got some great guest content being added, so be sure to sign up for that. And finally, we're all about inspiring and supporting as many people as possible. So if you can share this episode with one person that you think would enjoy it, that would be really, really cool. Thank you again for joining us for another episode of the Road Monkey Podcast. <laughs>